guys. Welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today's another fantastic day. And it's going to be a fantastic day because we all are on our individual journeys. And some of us are a little bit further down the line as others. So I'm, as far as sobriety comes in mind and maybe mindfulness and maybe other things, I'm pretty, pretty cool. I'm now eight years, but I still have got my demons. I still have got my challenges. And one of the challenges is my weight. Um, I certainly am still a victim to, to stress eating. Uh, yesterday I had zero breaks in my job. I worked 14 hours straight in a clinic without any, any, not even just pee breaks, literally. And I mean, run, run, pee, run back, see patients, that kind of shit. Guess what? My nutrition was not the best. <laughs> was I hydrated? My ass I was dehydrated as hell by the end of the day. Oh, see, that is life still catches up with me and shows me and teaches me important lessons. So therefore, I have got today a teacher with me who actually took a long, hard look at herself and figured out, actually, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And today we've got Stephanie Lueras. Stephanie, um, um, I was really looking forward to this interview with you because you're a woman who has, who is further down the road than me. And I can learn from you how you did it, uh, the tenacity and the, the persistence of achieving a goal that is so elusive for many of us. I, I let the cat out of the, the hat or the rabbit out of the hat, whatever you wish to do with animals. Um, it is, Stephanie actually lost 200 pounds and is living a beautiful lifestyle that made sense for her. And uh, it, it, that is an amazing transformation. I'm so proud to hear all about it. Welcome to my show, Stephanie. It's so exciting to be here with you today. Hey. Wow. Uh, were you always a big girl? Yes, I have always been over overweight. I have been on every diet on the planet. You name it, I've tried it. I was put on my first diet at five years old. Uh, do you know what led to the, the, the weight gain at this early stage? What were Honestly, the factors? Honestly, it, it, was, it, was it was just family type genetics uh, you know i i come from a family of larger people and of course there's the behavior did your mom cook at home um was there lots of homemade food or was it more sort of brought in uh highly processed food it it was the the eating habits um my my mom it was the combination of food being brought in and the types of food that we were eating. My mom didn't have the, um, not really the education, but the background in how to prepare the, a large variety of foods. So we were the meat and potatoes. We were the casserole and pasta family. Uh -huh. So that that's really the very sheltered uh -huh. eating habits that I had grown up with. May I go one generation back? When was your mom born? My mom was is is the baby boomer generation. All right. 
Okay, so, and again, she is, uh, that was a generation who was brought up with the new healthy food of microwave and yes. with all the manipulation that went along the social manipulation of teaching you that essentially baking your own bread this is for the lower class. No, you buy this nice shiny white bread. In fairness, that's one. That was one generation earlier than than the baby boomers. But it all sort of led into that that belief system that what they were doing is highly sophisticated, highly modern. Look, mm -hmm. we go out there to get this beautiful. I don't know pie. Let's call it an apple pie. You don't make that yourself. You buy that. If you look at the ingredients nowadays, it makes you shudder. There's about a ton of sugar and a ton of crap in there. But that was obviously what your mum thought was good. And I always nowadays accept that no parent wakes up to say, oh, I'm going to really stuff up my child today. I'm going to really, really fuck her up. No way that we keep going with her the way she is. Uh, no, no one, no one says that. I think they meant it from the goodness of their heart, uh, and um, but it was what it was, and you were left yeah. with the core beliefs and the results of the the eating habits. And like that, through my journey, like I have come to realize, like my parents did the best they could with the knowledge they had, like not only with what I was fed, but with the diets and the exercise and the restriction, they didn't know any better. They thought what they were doing was also in my best interest. They didn't realize that that encouragement was also not the healthiest too. So, you know, it, it's looking back with the lens of they were just doing the best they could with the knowledge they had. Yeah, uh, exactly. And I think that is what we need to accept. That's sometimes so easy because we, we never want to take ownership. We always mm -hmm. want to blame someone else. And that's the very first thing. Look, I'm fat because of you. Mm -hmm. You bought those things into the house. You, mum, are evil. And you think, no, actually, um, I think, nah. And of course, there's so much more to food than just this combination of carbohydrates, fat, and protein. It is pure emotions. I had yesterday, I, I had a, quite a horrendous day, and I ate not very healthy. But I remember that one moment I had this, this gluten-free muffin, and it was sort of baked, home-baked in our hospital. And they are always out of this world. And it was like a like a warm hug. Still came hot, warm out of the oven. And it was, oh, God, yeah, it made me feel good. He gave me the strength to persist another two hours in a clinic that was all falling apart. Well, you know, hear the voice, hear, the, hear my, my description of it. There were emotions going on. This is not just feeding in, in, in a machine. Um, how were emotions related to food with you in as a younger person? Well, you know, you you make a good point in, you know, sometimes we do feed the emotions and there's nothing wrong with emotional eating. It's when 
emotional eating becomes our only coping mechanism is when it becomes problematic. Nice. You know, we, that, you know, we, we have a bad day. It's okay that the muffin is our soothing mechanism because it's the only thing that gets us through that 14 hour day. Mm. But if it's the only thing that gets us through the 14 hour day, day after day, after day, after day, <laughs> that's a problem. But, you know, it, it's starting to learn how to be an adult to, to deal with life and have that, that toolbox of all the other things uh. in, in how do we handle life and for me, I had different, different things happen in life that I didn't learn how to handle life. I learned how to shove down my feelings and deal with it through food. And no one explained to me that was not the best way to handle it. And then as I continued to grow older and continue to navigate life, bigger things happened and I continued to handle it through food. And then even worse things happened. I was the victim of a crime. I have PTSD. And then, oh, let's handle it with food. And it gets worse and worse and worse. And so we continue to compound the issue until, okay, this is a problem. And okay, now let's start to look at how do we handle life like a grown-up? Was that an, uh, a realization? Was that a realization that came naturally to you? Or what was the catalyst? Often we need to be pushed a little bit that further outside of the comfort zone. What, what brought that realization home for you? I think it was just that, that natural inclination of looking around at, at my peers, at the world around me, and seeing people functioning in, in life, in society, and seeing them happy, seeing them in a way that I wasn't living, and having that that question bubble up of, you know, what, what's different? Oh. Why, why do they seem happy why do they seem content what do they have that I don't have and yeah. how do I get it and ultimately it came down to you know why why do I not feel good why what what do I get out of this life mm. very wise very very good point so you literally came to a point where enough is enough where mm -hmm. you simply had to change because otherwise staying stagnant would have been even more painful than the change that we are dreading in our lives. At, by that stage, what was your weight? How, uh, how much did you gain? So I was well over 400 pounds 
I was very close to losing my mobility. Like I, I really was uncomfortable walking. Wow. That is a serious weight. Um, mm -hmm. In kilogram, 400 pounds, what is that? Um, 180 kilogram, 170, 180 thereabouts. Um, Something like that. Yeah, that is it. And your height, may I ask? I'm I'm five ten. Right. Okay. So you're not a small woman, um, but equally wow. at the same token, uh, you've put a lot of stress on your frame. Mm -hmm. Did did were there already medical complications from your weight? No. And that that is probably the one like shining thing in in everything is that even though you know I I was I was extremely large I never had any weight related illnesses complications anything like that I've never had high blood pressure yeah. uh, diabetes anything like that I've yeah. never had any conditions. Which is beautiful. I'm so pleased for you. Uh, I'm so pleased that your wake up call came earlier. Often enough, I see patients who keep going with that behavior and keep going and keep going. And then suddenly they injure themselves. Mm -hmm. And they come to me as an anesthetist, oh, I need to do my shoulder. And I look at them and say, first of all, you're not fitting even on the table, number one. Um, secondly, even if you were shape-wise fitting on the table, um, you're actually too too large a, a weight to hold for the table securely. Um, and by the way, tell me more. Oh, you you don't know that you're diabetes, but we do a marker and it's way off the charts. Or tell me about your breathing. Uh, well, I can't actually lie flat because I actually stop breathing when I do that. So their obstructive sleep apnea is so bad that it is actually a constant risk to their life. Yet I see so many patients like that. And as an anesthetist, I want to run a mile. At the same token, I have seen transformations that are nearly out of this world. I was instrumental most recently in, in two of such cases who simply were too big actually to have shoulder surgery, but their shoulder was stuffed. Um, so they needed surgery. So there was a I could convince the, the local insurers that are responsible for patients who have had injuries. I could convince them that it is uh, absolutely mandatory that these patients need to lose weight. So therefore the insurers were actually keen to work with a dietitian, uh, nutritionist, et cetera, to help these relatively young people in their thirties, early forties um, to get back into some sort of shape that actually can proceed to have the surgery. Now, and that is stunning. That is beautiful when these kind of things come together. And in, in all fairness, it took this particular patient um, that I initially had to say under no circumstances, it took her the better part of nine months, um, but she's having a surgery this month. And she is, she was a truck driver. Uh, she was a very big girl uh, and she is such a different woman. A woman where the light shines out of her eyes, a woman who is strong because she has done such an achievement uh, that is so amazing. So it is transformations are possible, but you need to be ready for them. You figured out, OK, it is time before too much medical things happened. So yes. what was your first step? How did you realize that enough is enough? And then what were the first steps that you took? 
you know, the enough is enough part was just, I, I was just unhappy in like, I, I don't know exactly what the straw on the camel's back was that broke it, but it was just, I was done. Like everything in life looked great on the outside. I had the, the wonderful husband. I had the great job. Everything looked good, but I was, I was not happy. Life on the inside was not what it was on the outside. And I knew something had to change, but diet, like it was, I knew it wasn't going to be another diet. It just wasn't going to happen. And being the goal-oriented, driven person that I am, what was it going to be? So I looked around and, okay, what, what can I do? I'm going to start to drink water. That was literally the first thing I did. And instead of like, let's go out and get a big giant container and do some crazy water challenge. It was a little six ounce cup of water and a kitchen timer. And every time that timer went off, I had to get up and walk to the other end of the office and fill the cup of water and repeat it over and over all day long. And it, it was just cultivating that habit of drinking water. Beautiful. And then the next habit was instead of going to the drive through twice a day, it was cook at home. Didn't matter what I was cooking at home but cook at home. Then it, then it was starting to start to look at what are we cooking and start to swap out ingredients. And it was just those little habits that started to change. Then, you know, it was just those little snowballed habits then started to bring in movement. That first movement was walk to the end of the street and back. And I wanted to die, but walk to the end of the street and back became around the block, around the neighborhood and further and further. Then I thought, okay, well, I wonder if I can run. Now I'm the girl that fake sick in gym class. So this was a foreign concept to me. So then I run to a stop sign and again, it's the, I want to die, but something in that was, I really like this running thing. So I go home and think I got to figure out this fat girl running thing. There's something to this. So I go back and break it down again to how do I start to build up this running and it became 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, jumping over into triathlon. Now, years later, it's I'm training for Ironman distance triathlons from drinking water to I'm the crazy girl that's out for hours and hours training for these triathlon races. 
without intentionally dieting, have lost over 200 pounds. Ah, <laughs> uh, how beautiful is that? Oh, how beautiful is that? Guys, when you listen to that, though, I want you to do a reality check here. This is a beautiful, beautiful journey. And you think, oh, great, I'll do that. And tomorrow I'm going to be, yeah, tomorrow. First of all, there is no tomorrow, okay? You don't know what tomorrow brings. So, so she made that decision and she did take the first step. Number one, she took action immediately. Number two, that action was consistent, persistent, and was slowly building up. And that is something that we often do so poorly. We have got these great changes. Yes, we're going to do everything new. And then, yeah, a week later, crash and burn, forget it. And the old life that suited you so well for 20 years comes back and taunting you and getting you back. So mm -hmm. let's be quite clear about that. So these are two things. The other thing I want to say is as far as the, the gym and the training and those kind of things are, are concerned, um, you were a very big girl but you were lucky that there were no medical problems. Um, I think it might be worthwhile for anyone out there who is really uh, this big, that you, the very first step that you do is not go out by yourself, uh, jogging, jogging trousers and shoes. Go to your doctor. You know, yes. to check, out, check out where are you at? Mm -hmm. Is there actually, is it safe for you to do yes. certain things? Or will you literally blow above up there somewhere because your blood pressure is actually through the roof so it is very worthwhile to get that medical background mm -hmm. check and to really open up the hood and really let a mechanic look inside yes. and that is what your family physician or your gp will do lastly there was a beautiful beautiful uh youtube video where one of these absolute mad mad super endurance athlete did a 10,000 calorie challenge and it worked like one day he had to eat 10,000 kilocalories which was actually not very difficult just pizzas a few pizzas over the day and that sort that out so 10,000 calories to eat was quite all right the next day he's tried to burn 10,000 kilocalories through sport and he is a mad mad i mean mad really mad sportsman and he was doing basically 24 hours sports and in those 24 hours it was the hardest thing he has ever done in his own words he was only able to burn 7000 calories okay so it's very very easy to eat it's very very hard to only use exercise to drop so therefore if you now say oh i need to be in the gym 2 hours a day but i don't change my eating habits <laughs> dream on dream on so i think the way you described it by changing food first adding nutrition uh, adding hydration shall i say mm -hmm. uh and then adding little steps well that is exactly your beautiful your beautiful transformation and it's also too that it wasn't just the physical the nutrition and the movement there was also that emotional and spiritual piece that changed too, because with, especially with changing the nutrition, I had to change my relationship with food because it's not only what I was consuming, but how I was consuming it. Because yes, it's important to know what we're consuming, 
but why and how we're consuming it. Beautifully said. And again, this is where the, the emotional side comes in. Um, you need to learn that there are maybe other ways how to deal with the stress. And sometimes it can be really hard. Uh, it depends upon your job. Your job might be horrendous. In the medical field at the moment, there's so much uncertainty with Omicron, with COVID. It is, you never know what tomorrow brings. So therefore there's financial insecurity. So therefore there is maybe the temptation to say, okay, well, you know, this my lifestyle is important to me, but at the same token, right now I need to put the nose to the grindstone and get on with it, earn as much money as I can. That's very true. It could be worse. You're somewhere in a war-torn country, Ukraine, or I mean, the fear now in the in the Baltic uh, states. If you're living there, you might not say, oh, I want to go for a run now." No, you think, "Oh my God, will we be next?" And there's all this pressure. We all have unique pressures on us, and they will be there, like it or lump it. The problem is some of us are not so good in dealing with this constant pressure. And we have not learned how to put stops in for ourselves. We have not learned to step off the hamster wheel and actually say, stop, this is right now my time, me time. What did your husband say when you suddenly changed in your behavior? Um, what Was that scary for him? Was he encouraging? How did that go? My husband is the most amazing man on the planet. He is always my greatest supporter he he has never at at my largest at my smallest never said a discouraging thing never said are you sure you want to do that or or said said anything that you know you would sway me in a way that would would discourage me from making a decision you know the the funniest thing that we have in our relationship is you know when when I come to him with an idea you know the conversation always starts you know, so I was thinking and he's like oh geez what now <laughs> and and he always says yes so because he knows that I've done the research, I, I know I know the pros and cons. I, I've come up with the cost uh, and he's going to say yes anyway. <laughs> so and, and you know, it, it's one of those things that we've been through so much in our relationship together that, you know, that that's the benefit of having a relationship that you know from the start you're meant to be together and support each other through thick and thin. Okay. I mean, it takes two to tango. And it does. Please. Uh, but in this particular case, I'm intrigued. What is his vice? What is his, what are the dark demons in his closet? Without giving too much away, he is after so, all no, not talking. I, 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 you know, my, my husband is, is just as transparent as I am. My husband is 21 years clean and sober from drugs oh. and alcohol. And so he, he himself has, has done, done and dealt with his own demons. And yeah. he, he has 
he understands that it takes time. You have to walk through your own fire and, and do it in your time. Yeah. Oh, beautifully said. Beautifully said. And that's the, the, the most, most important thing. He has done the work that mm-hmm. you were still about to do. He has gone through the challenges in the past. And that's what I say. I mean, if you look at people who have done all kinds of achievements, doesn't matter if it is academic or if it is in the, on the sports field or on a battlefield, doesn't matter. It is those people who have dealt with their own demons. That is so much more important to those people compared with any accolades they have acquired you know, throughout their life. Um, but to deal with the the darkness inside, let it be surviving and thriving after depression or um, the the addiction in the various shapes that addiction can mm-hmm. come in. The moment you have mastered that and it got grown stronger um, as far as uh, the, the new you is concerned, that is such a powerful place to be in. And that's where he was able to support you. Mm-hmm. So how beautiful is that to hear? And that's why I'm saying this is we are those of us who have gone through the darkness and come out the other side. It's like like being forged in a in in fire, and we are from from carbon. We have turned into a diamond now, rough with some scratches in there. Okay, I'll take that. Um, but it's still it's still we are very different people than we were in the past. So therefore, there he could be the rock that you needed to to. Go through your own journey. How beautiful is that? Ah, absolutely. The gift of addiction, um, the gift it of um, of transformation, and that's what you do now. I mean, you have gone now. You have transformed. You are the new you. You are now bloody hell, Iron Man. Um, this, I get bored even on, in my best times. I get bored after ten kilometers running. It bores the pants off me. Um, what do you do in your mind? So when I discovered running yeah. and, and then into, into cycling, the long distance endurance sports, that is my piece. For me uh, as, as a spiritual person, yeah. that is my communion with God. That is where everything is right in the world. That is where I do my wrestling and Uh, everything comes out right and everything just falls away. So that is where it doesn't matter what else is going on. The the world could be on fire for all I know, (laughs) but the, the world is right when I am in motion. Okay, that's on a good day. Uh, I and that's the same for me. On a good day, I can swim three kilometers, uh, mm-hmm. and it is a gorgeous feeling, or at least two. I, I rarely do less than one k, and I go into the pool. So here we are. That is on a good day, and yeah, I swam two k's. And there are other days when I don't want to go into the pool, and after five hundred meters, I feel like shit. Because maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I've burned the candle too much on both ends. What do you do when that piece does not come? And you are only eight kilometers in, in that 42 kilometer run. That's where accountability is so important. And I have accountability in every area. I have 
the coach. I have oh. the sports dietitian. I have the therapist. I have the spiritual people. And it's not just the people that are there to shoulder tap and make sure I'm doing the things, but they're there to support me. Oh. And it might be I'm sitting on the side of the road texting somebody that I can't do this and they're going to tell me to get my butt going. <laughs> but they're reminding me of why I'm doing it in the first place. They're reminding me of why I love the things and giving me the pep talk I need. And maybe some days it means I'm not finishing it because I need to listen to my body that there there is a legitimate reason I need to rest. Those are few and far between, but, and I do need the the butt kick to keep going, but having that accountability, sometimes I do need that push. And that's why it's important to have those people and those structures in place that push me forward when I can't do it myself. Beautiful. The power of connection. Again, you are not doing that. I'm not doing it all myself. I know it the best I have. I have done all the research myself, especially an analytical person like you. You described mm-hmm. yourself beautifully where you said, well, I know the, the pros and cons. I've done my due diligence. I can do it all myself. No, that doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't work in addiction as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't work in mental health. And it doesn't work in, in lifestyle, in becoming the best person that you that you didn't even know you can be in order to achieve that greatness, that whatever that is in your life, you need to have someone and often enough a power team around you where you are the dumbest part of the team. And that is beautiful. I love to hear that. So not only have you taken action, not only, okay, so let's let's start from scratch. What did you do? You, first of all, realized enough is enough. Then you had a dream, the dream of, hey, I can be different. And then you turned that dream into a vision. And you thought, oh, I want to not just I want to walk more. You actually say, I want to leave the house or in this in this particular case, the office, office to water cooler and back. So that was your first. You turned that into a vision, dream, a vision. And then you made it a mission by actually continuously taking action. And that was your start. So that is powerful. You then kept helped to well, help yourself by keeping accountable initially to yourself, to your husband, then to a team of trainers. So you sought the connection and you you accepted that not every day will be good, but you actually moved forward. And sometimes it was one step forward, two steps back, no doubt about that. Uh, but you kept exploring and you didn't give up. You assured that the past does not equal the future. Uh, you were very clear in your head, more importantly, probably in your soul, not in this conscious head. The conscious head, that's what happens in the first two weeks in January. I gotta be healthy. I this is this is January. This is the new start of me. Yay! That is the conscious head. But mm-hmm. no one has told the reptilian brain underneath there that actually, I. <laughs> it's time to, to make some really meaningful change. And your reptilian brain soon comes and says, what the hell are you doing? 
what, 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 what? <laughs> Stop it. Eat that muffin. Shut up. <laughs> oh, look at you. Wow. What a transformation. So you, that is the start of your journey till now. Where will this journey lead you? What is the well, next vision? What is the next mission? You know, it it's taken me from that that job that I thought was wonderful and great. It took me out of because through the process, I realized that was actually a toxic work environment. Uh. And so what through the process of working with my coach of working with the sports dietitian, I actually became a personal trainer. I got my nutrition certifications. And I, while I was working with people and serving people on a very global level, I realized my niche where I was meant to serve people was walking alongside them in the same way that I was changing in helping people to change in the way that they wanted to, to meet their health and fitness goals, whatever that looked like, because so many people don't know where to get started in movement, don't know how to change that relationship with food. And so for me, it was then getting very narrow and deep in that area of how do I serve people? So I've opened my business. This is how I serve people now. So I have this wonderful space where I do this. I train for the races that I love. And, you know, beyond Ironman, I, you know, my ultimate goals down the line is ultra racing and I'd love to run a hundred mile ultra race. <laughs> so I've, I've still got great, big, huge goals. And so it doesn't end, you know, the sky's the limit. It sounds like Pollyanna thinking that when I say nope. anything nope. is possible, but it's not when you break it down to the smallest piece and keep moving forward, you can do it. That's right. That's, that's how you become a doctor. You're not just looking, oh my God, I will never learn that. No, you start with one little book, one little page and start learning that. Then you get to a lecture, then you go to a workshop, etc. And after many years, you suddenly are a doctor. You have done the same thing from, I will never be able to do that to, yeah, okay, bring it on. Um, and why stop there? And that's exactly what you're doing now. So you're constantly redefining the new you. You're constantly redefining your goals towards the future. And that's exactly what we, what all those people do that have tasted success, that have tasted the power of looking deep inside yourself, figuring out how you tick. What are your core beliefs? Are they right? Do they still serve you? Or are they actually absolute bullshit? We're laid down in early childhood by some reason or the other. And by actually changing that, you suddenly say, well, actually, you know, why shouldn't I be able to do that? A person, one of my mentors, um, his, his goal is to run 
I've forgotten now how far. He basically wants to run about 5,000 miles. Um, he wants to run the longest distance that is humanly possible uh, to run on Earth uh, in one go. And basically, he is putting a team together. He's putting all the logistics together. At the moment, the, the sheer fact that Russia is, is blowing up and doing stupid things is a bit of a problem because uh, a big part of that run is through Russia. So, yeah, so he might have to, to adjust his plans a little bit. Um, but here you are. Okay, the longest distance that you could possibly run on Earth, he is intending to run. Okay, now that's what I call a goal. Okay, so <laughs> uh, who says he can't? And so therefore last weekend, he was training 240Ks because you can, you know. And Why not? That's right. For me, 240 meters would be a challenge to run, okay? Um, in all fairness, I've injured my foot last year and I was still fighting the bloody... Um, but so I've got my reasons why I can't run, but it's still, I would struggle to do two Ks. Uh, on a good day, leave alone those crazy distances. That is because I've not put my heart to that goal. I've achieved many others. And the question is for you guys out there, what are your goals? What's your battle? What's your your demon that you want to beat right now? And whatever your your desire is, fact is you need a healthy body to achieve it. And that healthy body goes with nutrition. And that healthy body goes with exercise. You like it or you lump it. There are so many intricacies in the body where we know how exercise affects the immune system, the gut microbiome. And it's the same with nutrition. What happens if you actually cut out maybe allergens that are not so good for you, let it be gluten or let it be any kind of other things. Um, suddenly you do no longer have the inflammatory state that you were running in for the last 20 years. And suddenly you, you, everything changes. Your mood changes, your, your pains change. When I stopped drinking, prior to drinking, I had quite smelly feet, may I say. Um, not very nice. I stopped drinking. My whole microbiome on my skin changed. I don't smell anything anymore. And that's not because I've got COVID or something like that, or hay fever. No, my feet are absolutely different. There are different bacteria living with me and on me. And thank you very much. I'll take it. I'll, I like that I'm no longer the smelly belly. Um, so here you go. Those kind of things. It's all possible. And once you start changing, you're, you get hooked on it. <laughs> Pardon the, 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 the terminology, but I love it. I love the being addicted to life. And that's exactly looking in your eyes, Stephanie. That's exactly what happened to you. And you you came alive during this interview and you said, yeah, yeah, this is just, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So, wow, I'm, I'm in awe of your achievement, of your transformation, of your willingness to put your money where your mouth is by actually changing or jumping ship and and doing something very different now if people like me are uh really want to know more about what you do and how you've been going about it where can they find you so i am all over social media at some iteration of heart and soul fitness and wellness and soul is spelled s-o-l-e the main place you can find me is my website, heartandsoulsolefit.com. 
And there's a place on my website to get on my calendar. If you want to talk about wellness, what that looks like for you, get on my calendar. Let's talk. If I'm not the right fit for you, I have a referral network of people around the world that I know, like, and trust that I can put you in good hands. Beautiful. And guys, look down there into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast, because we've got all the links of Stephanie down there. Stephanie, you're an amazing woman. I mean, that is that your transformation uh, shines such a strong light out there because it is it is so honest. It's so transparent. It's so authentic. There is no bullshit there. There is no, I love it that you say, you know, I've tried all the diets. No, it is actually just um, um, manipulation of your own habits and yeah. recreating healthier habits uh, and not just, just doing everything at once, but you started with one thing, then added another, added another. God, that is how you build empires. That's how you, how you create uh, magnificent things. And in your case, that ma that magnificent thing is sitting in front of me, and and is is helping me to understand maybe my body better, and gives you give me hope that actually if she can get her shit together, Stephanie, Stefan, uh, see Stefan, <laughs> if Stephanie can get her shit together, Stefan can get his shit together. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> she okay, so it's his and hers. Yeah, God, let's let's the <laughs> my. Forget it. <laughs> my, we all my, my, can get it together. Oh, that's like, exactly, exactly right. <laughs> and life is too short. Life is too short. Um, you don't know what tomorrow brings. That is a lesson that I learn every single day uh, in my work as a doctor. Uh, it is also the moment we switch on the news and see what is happening around the world. You understand that the, the future is not guaranteed. And you need to stop what you're doing, regardless what it is, and take a good, hard, long look is where you are really meant to be the place where you where you should be or is it time to change and if you know that your health is actually important to you then maybe get in touch with stephanie what possibly could you have to lose what could you possibly do wrong nothing so stephanie thank you so much for coming onto my show you're an amazing woman you are uh someone who is taking life uh, by the short and curlies and is 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 living the energy that is beautiful to see we need more of us people to come together collaborate shine the light on transformation and on, on beautiful things and you are helping people doing exactly that so stephanie thank you so much for being a guest on my show thank you so much and you guys out there look after yourself the past does not equal the future live with passion and look after yourself Bye. Dream on.